Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by Scott Decker. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey there. For folks who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, I am Scott Decker. Uh, I am the SVP of technology at Nextar Digital, um, also Nextar Digital Broadcasting. Uh, that is one of the largest owners of broadcast and digital media in the US. So think like owners of KTLA.com here in LA, you know, things like that. Um, we run over 120 different websites, lots and lots of data and page views and users and everything like that. So that's exciting. Um, I also help out with a company called Golden Hammer, which is like an IT services company uh, from some people that I used to work with. And that's a little side sort of business. And I am also the person who runs one of the largest Halloween parties in the Valley called NoHoMonsterBash.com. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so how did you did you have a history in, um, I guess, the broadcast uh, entertainment space before Nextstar? Or was that was that a change of uh, pace for you? How did you get into that? Yeah, well. My last, you know, sort of things have all been in like media and publishing. So we just give you a quick little rundown of like where I've been. I've, I've done, you know, mainframes to mobile, to publishing, to media, to text. I don't know. I, name it. I've probably done it. AR, VR, bioinformatics. I've done lots of stuff. So uh, one of the jobs that was at Edmonds where I used to run all of their contact, uh, all the content, uh, advertising and mobile. And I had met uh, a guy there, Matt Human, who now runs IMDb Pro. Um, but at the time, you know, I was running those pieces and he ran the, the, the business side of, of Edmonds uh, for the content side. And we got to know each other really well. I left to try and start my own business. Uh, I moved from LA back to Seattle for that. Sometime after that call, we start a company called Ultra Unlimited. Ultra Unlimited turns into Publish This. Publish This is growing, gets you know money, things like that. He eventually leaves to go run IMDb Pro. I take it out and sell it. Uh, I sell it to American City Business Journals. Mm. And that's where I'd been sort of for like the past three to four years. And then I was uh, right, right as COVID hits, I was trying to start another company called ArtsDB, um, and that basically just you know that whole industry is kind of yeah not not the right not the right time. Yeah, <laughs> so I then started looking for what did I want to do, and um, happened to have a friend of an old client, and we chatted, and uh, that's how I got to join Nextar, and now I'm running pretty much all of technology and engineering at Nextar. Yeah, awesome. I skipped over a bunch of stuff there, but that that's yeah. that's a big portion of all that. Fair enough. Uh, so what? Yeah. So so for Nextstar, sounds like uh, that's that's a pretty big uh, company. Um, a lot of technology, I'm sure, is involved. What's um? Yeah. Like, what's what's your team like? What? How do you? Yeah. How do you see that? Uh, from your perspective, like when you think of of running running your team, like what what comes to mind, or or how do you think about doing that? Yeah. And ours is interesting because I run the digital side. So like the websites, the mobile apps, 
you know, over the top television, like those kinds of things. And then there's people who then run like all the technology for all the different stations. Mm -hmm. So that's broadcasting. And by the way, I, I know almost nothing about that broadcasting side from like cables to connect where, how to connect to satellites, stuff like that. Yeah. I need to learn it, but I don't know it yet. <laughs> but for me, you know, running teams and teams of teams, and I, I would say team topologies are, are where I, I do most of my thinking. Mm. Um, I like having, you know, not set sizes to teams, like they're anywhere between, you know, five to seven. And I think, you know, what, what's the domain area of this team? You know, what, what do they run? Mm -hmm. So, you know, for somebody who's like doing a mobile app, it's like, okay, great. Is that all? Like, are you doing multiple mobile apps? Just one, like, I want them to have enough, you know, cognitive knowledge that they don't like spin their wheels on things. Mm. I don't like moving people like, you know, oh, we have this other big project going on and it's in trouble. Let's move all these people over there. I don't like doing that. Um, probably cause <laughs> you know, I probably planned incorrectly and I don't want to subject other people to bad planning, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you get a team up to a certain kind of velocity of work and you want to keep that. But even with the, you know, the team kind of structure, you also need to have really good, uh, career laddering as well. So mm -hmm. if you've got a bunch of different teams and you've got managers of those teams and then managers of those managers, that's great. Somebody at some point in time is going to say like this, you know, call, how do I go from like a junior level to like a mid-level? How do I go from mm -hmm. mid to senior? Having that outlined is really important and being able to have one-on-ones with people to make sure that they know how, you know, what are they missing? Positive feedback, negative feedback. How do they get to whatever that next level is and making sure that, you know, are there slots open? Like if you're going to spin up a new team or something like that, how do you move them from like a junior to mid and encouraging that, you know, making that happen. Mm -hmm. So doesn't really matter if I've now learned, let's, let's put it this way at the beginning, I didn't know this, but I now definitely know this same structure works no matter where you're at. Like, it doesn't matter mm. if you're a startup of 10 or like me, I've got like 40 plus, well, 50 plus people, same sorts of mentalities. Like it just, it's just a different scale. Mm -hmm. I imagine there are differences though. I mean, I think within a, in a and I'd be curious to hear uh, a little bit more about the career ladders, because I think that's something that that a lot of people would be interested in. I think a lot of companies don't don't really have that well defined. So I think uh, I think our listeners probably be curious to hear um, what that looks like. I mean, and and I guess what I'm curious about, like, so what would the difference be between uh, uh, or do you really believe there there is no difference between how you how you, how you run a, a a small startup team of of you know four four devs to you know your organization that's got like fifty? Yeah, well let me let me tackle that one first. So okay. of course there are differences. It, it usually comes down to like communication process, you know things like that. Like if I'm at a startup and I've got like five people. I might sit there and go, okay, we have time to set up like three alerts for our app. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and by the way, those three alerts will all call like the CTO, who is also the lead engineer at right. night if something goes wrong. Like that's about as basic as you sort of get versus, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? You have 40 million people viewing a live stream for a presidential election, you know, that's doing a debate. Guess what? They're, there's a lot more alerts. There's a lot more things to cover. You know, it's it's a much bigger thing. 
But the teams that run all that, you still want to have a good topology that, that makes that happen. And you want to have laid the groundwork so that those teams can talk to each other. You know, mm-hmm. like, is it via APIs? Is it via like services, you know, and, you know, Amazon does a great job of doing that kind of stuff, you know, but so it, it's, you know, when you get to about 30, 40 people, communication starts to change. After you get to like around 100, it changes again. You know, I've not done something where we've had to deal with like thousands, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's all about like, how do you keep people, you know, apprised of everything? Like some mm-hmm. of my strategies, I have my one-on-ones that I have with my team leads, and then I help them put theirs together with their teams. So I always make sure that, you know, it's not about, how, how would I say, it's not about like, what's your work status? It is about, you know, knowing personal level, like, you know, something going on in your world. That's why you're being late. Um, you know, it, you know, basically just knowing some of those kinds of personal things. And then it's also about, you know, in the past week, what did you do well? And what didn't I like that you do? Like the positive and the negative feedback. It shouldn't always be negative feedback. A lot of people give a lot of negative feedback and no positive. Mm. People mm. much more want to know, like, what am I doing right? And how do I keep doing that? So I encourage a lot of positive feedback. And then the last one is more like, where do you want to go? You know, and mm-hmm. once you kind of got the repartee down, then it, it's about where do you go? So if you have that at all levels and like those kinds of things, knowing people know what are they doing well, okay, great. They know how to succeed more, great. Like that's career laddering, things like that. And then also there's no pressure for you to have to do more than what you want to do. If you like mm-hmm. being a senior dev and you love this team and like that's what you're doing, great. That's awesome. <laughs> Stay there. Like you don't have to do more than that. Like that's totally acceptable. Do you do you feel that uh, senior engineers often get pressured into to management by companies? I I've seen it. Yeah, yeah multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Um, it, it was put on to me. Like, oh, yeah. you're doing really great. You should not be a team lead. Oh, you're doing really great as a team lead. Do you want to run all these other teams as well? Like zero training. Like nobody mm-hmm. gave me training for anything. They're just like, I did well. So great. Here you go. <laughs> I took it upon myself to like learn how to lead teams and, you know, do classes and, you know, those kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, there's that, there's definitely that pressure. And I try and let people know, I want to find out what you want. You know, mm-hmm. if you, uh, there's sort of two paths, you know, there's the, Hey, I want to eventually become management of people kind of path. And that usually means less development. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other path, which is individual contributor slash like architect, you know, kind of path where I love coding. I want to keep coding. I'll work as part of a team. I'll work as a project. I don't really like leading people. You know, maybe I'll lead some, some of it, but I kind of like being at the problem solving level and coding and doing that kind of stuff. Great. Both are valid. You can make lots of great money doing both those different paths. You can stay in whatever you want. Like, yeah, it's funny. I was listening to Eric's uh, podcast of uh, the past from Vinyl, and he was talking about how I think he was like in what Denmark, and that you know that's oh, yeah. reinforced there. It's like, oh yeah, you don't need to have that stride. But here in the U.S., like that, that's very much a mm-hmm. you know capitalistic way of looking at stuff. Yeah. So how you know and and okay, so we've touched on a number of really interesting things. Uh, particularly, we started talking about one on ones, uh, which. Uh, I don't know if we've really talked enough about on the show um, and they are so important. And you mentioned something um, that I strongly believe in, which is I think a big, 
a big mistake that can happen in one-on-ones is more status and did you do the thing you know did you do the work that was assigned to you and how are we doing on this on these tasks when that really shouldn't be the focus um sometimes of course that could be the engineer uh that's what's on their mind so that's that's what they want to bring up other times it could be the manager is doing it because they they're feeling a little bit of pressure but from your perspective what do you like what makes a really good one-on-one um what can somebody do what can an engineer do in a one-on-one that that shows that they're prepared and they're thinking about it in a in a good productive way it's a good question well what i often tell them is you know you can talk about status if you want to happy to mm-hmm. have that kind of conversation if you're struggling with a problem or whatever like th- that that's fine like you know i have got a lot of technical knowledge i can probably help you out if that's what you want to spend the time doing but i always recommend i'm like always be thinking about where do you want to go you know i mean it can be financially you know like do you want to retire you know financially free at some point in time you know great we can have that kind of conversation do you want to grow in your career we can have that kind of conversation are you concerned about the company? Like, is something happening in the company? You've heard some things, you wanna talk about it. There's a couple things that I have to do for the developer or, or manager, whoever, to make sure that, ha- like, I need to make sure you realize this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. If you are with somebody who hasn't shown you that this is a safe space, meaning you've brought something up and then you get reprimanded for it or something like that, I'll tell you right now, leave. Like, go start finding someplace else because that's a toxic kind of environment. This should be a safe space for you to be able to talk about anything, including, by the way, and this is what scares a lot of people when I say this, but I'm like, it is fine for you to think that you may not have opportunity at this company and you are thinking about other companies. Great, Mm. you should be. Like, I should not be surprised that you are thinking that. And by the way, if you're a manager and you are surprised that somebody's thinking about that, that's too bad for you. You should have just realized that somebody might pay them more, they may have better problems to solve, whatever, if you're not giving them opportunity. Of course, people are going to be thinking about that. So so for me, safe space for them. For mm-hmm. the developer on their side, that, you know, I think thinking about those, so it's not just about the coding problems you're facing, but taking a moment to really think about what, what do you want to do with the company? What do you want to learn? Mm-hmm. What do you, like, what do you want to grow as or something like that? And by the way, one of the great questions you can ask, especially if you've never done these kinds of one-on-ones before, is ask, like, what should I be thinking about? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what what is it? Because a lot of people just have no idea. And that is a great question to start off with. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is often a really good question in interviews, probably for both sides, uh, is, you know, is there any question that, that I didn't ask that I, that I should have? Uh, you can often... Um, <laughs> get get some really good um go down a good direction with something like that and, and it's interesting i mean again this is just my own philosophy in that i think it's the manager's job to make sure that the one-on-ones happen for the people that are on their teams because mm-hmm. that's why you're a manager it's not their job to schedule it for you and them to bring to the table everything that needs to happen mm-hmm. you as a manager should have an agenda you should be thinking about asking them how do you want to grow? Mm-hmm. If that's not happening, yeah, you as a developer, you know, it's managing up, I guess, however you want to think about that. But you you want to grow and you want to try and take how did they get to where they're at and, you know, make that happen. 
I mean, so you, you bring up a really good point, which I do think that a lot of this is the responsibility of the manager. And I think you, you know, if you're listening, uh, I hope you have a, a strong manager who's who's paying attention to this. But on, on the other hand, it, it's sort of you can't, it's very difficult to control for that unless you are, you know, willing to move around or do what it takes to to change your environment. Um, and but, you know, I do think that there are things that you you can, you know, have have more agency of. And this is this is one of those things that I think oftentimes you can wind up in a situation where I don't know if I really want to say the manager isn't good, but managers have a habit of just getting really frazzled and pulled in tons of directions. And if you're not, I think if you're not taking a lot of responsibility for your own career, um, they may not, um, you know, they, they may not put in the effort to to try and help you get where you want to go. I mean, ideally, that's not the case. Ideally, you've got someone like Scott who is paying a lot of attention to this um, or, you know, uh, someone like that. But, you know, I, I would urge if you're listening to this and you are a developer and, um, you know, you do have one on ones or if you don't, I, you know, maybe maybe the first step is even to to ask, you know, about getting those. Um, cause I, I think, a you know, a ton of companies don't even have, uh, regular one-on-ones. How, how, yeah. What frequency do you have? Um, do your developers have one-on-ones? Uh, I do mine with my managers, uh, once a week and I have them do with, uh, theirs once a week. So, mm-hmm. but that also kind of comes in line with like, how many people do you have reporting to you? Like I try and keep that five to like, if you're a team leader, or software development manager, you know, you've got five to seven that that's like one to two days right there, you know, of like mm-hmm. time. And they're usually mm-hmm. like 30 minutes and that takes up a certain amount of your time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, I, I think I just, I, I agree that so much of this responsibility is on the manager, but um, I think, I think, I think developers can have a lot more agency in, in trying to get, get things moving in the right direction and take take a little bit more ownership of their their career. And you you mentioned something that I've seen a lot of developers struggle with, which is uh, if you ask, you know, a developer, like what where do you want to go? Like how do you want to grow? I think that's often a difficult question for them to answer. I mean, I've seen this in the in the junior to senior community where one of the um, probably biggest pieces of advice that that um, that I've seen given, which I strongly, strongly believe in, which is that if you're looking for a new job, don't just apply everywhere. Um, think, think very carefully about where you want to go, the type of work that you want to do, um, and really focus your attention on getting jobs that are a really, really good fit. Um, but of course, a lot of a lot of the people's response, which is that they they don't they don't really care where they're going as long as they get somewhere, which makes me think of Alice in Wonderland, where Alice is asking the, the Cheshire cat, like, which way do I go? And, um, you know, the, the cat, of course, says, like, well, where do you want to go? And Alice is lost. So she's just thinking, well, anywhere is better than here. And uh, the the reply, the unhelpful reply is like, Oh well, as long as you know you can head any direction you want, then you know I'm sure you're you'll get you know you'll get somewhere. Um, so, do you have uh, any kind of views or or um, advice on how to answer that first question about where people want to go? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because I, I, in my own career, was not intentional on the places that I chose. I was intentional in my personal life and what I wanted to achieve, which was financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Having the jobs that I got, I, I was more concerned about like, you know, going up the rung and making enough money to support me launching businesses on the side to go and do things. I wish though, if I had come back in time, I would have been more intentional on the places that I had gone to and the people that I had met. Mm. Because the biggest thing I can tell people is like, yeah, it, it, it's good to think about like what company you want to go to, like if you like working there or whatever. But ultimately, you want to network with people that you want, like, it's almost like at college, you know, you'll have a certain group of friends, and you might all build a project together. Who are these people? Like, you know, finding those kinds of people that you want to work around with, and you want to build things with, you know, mm -hmm. if you like a certain kind of manager, like, that's how I've got some of, the, uh, some of the people at my own company right now. Like, I brought them over because they like working with me. And you know, yeah, we, we like building things together that, you know, I would say be looking for that as well, you know, being intentional in that sort of mode, but it, at an early point and, you know, uh, I can stress this, but I can get that people just don't tend to do it. Uh, otherwise people would be investing in their 401ks in their twenties, but, mm -hmm. and they'd be retired by like 45, um, at the earliest start, you know, be picky about what you're trying to do. Like, yeah, get some of the initial experience, like, you know, get like two years of experience somewhere in coding, just so you know how to code, like, you know how to use things like Git, you know how to like, put something together, you know how to go from like dev to staging to prod, like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the basics, and you know how to code, great. My biggest thing that I can ask you is be a problem solver. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I could care less, well, I care, but a lot of times I will pick somebody who knows how to problem solve over somebody who just knows the area because the person who problem solves will sit there and go, oh, is this kind of what you're trying to achieve? Okay, I could probably search for this or I could probably try and do that. Like that is somebody who I could sick on a problem and be like, you might take four months to figure out how to get that done, but I know that I can leave you to go and try and figure it out. <laughs> Versus somebody See, who's like, yeah. oh yeah, I've got a PhD in data structures. And I'll ask questions and I'm like, okay, you may be book smart, but you like technology is about problem solving, you know, and mm -hmm. I need, you know, I need those kinds of things. So at a, at a junior level, I, I typically say like, you know, get the coding, the processes and stuff like that kind of under your belt and be thinking about problem solving. And part of the problem solving is your own career. Think about what do you want, you know, and that is a hard question, you know? So I, I think asking people, what kinds of questions should I ask? thinking, do you like talking to people? If you don't like talking to people, you probably don't want to go down the management path. Mm -hmm. um, but if you like, you know, working with like being a nerd with like other people and like figuring out data structures and algorithms and stuff like that, maybe the individual, you know, contributor path is your path. But I would say like any problem, you know, put forth a theory like, okay, maybe I don't like talking to people, but let me, I've never actually tried the management path. So maybe mm -hmm. I can talk to my team lead or my manager or something like that and say, hey, I want to at least try this. Like, how, how do I do a project where somebody has to report to me and I have to tell them what to do? Can I, mm. can I at least try that? And I just want to see if I like that or, or, or what, what that is. 
any manager's going to be like, sure, all right, yeah, we'll figure out a spot for you to do something great. Mm-hmm. If you find it, you're like, oh, wow, that was actually really great. I like telling people what to do and they like they liked working with me. Okay, great. You know, you suddenly might find that little path or you might find, I hated that. That was sucky. <laughs> I hate <Never> knowing <laughs> that somebody is sick and I have to then tell the HR about it. And it's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. totally understand. Um, or the individual contributor path. Like you might find you, you're like, you absolutely love it. You're like, oh, here's the path. You know, I'm like, I love coding, just be spending days working on stuff. You know, that that's what I encourage people. Like as early as you can try testing you know, your own career with that kind of stuff. I, I think you'll find that way better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you kind of get, once you kind of understand the path, then it's great. Keep encouraging yourself to do like little steps ahead. And at that point in time, that's where I kind of agree with you. It's like find the companies and the people that you then want to work with or that you enjoy doing and grow there. Like if you know, you now want to go down a management mm-hmm. path and you're like, Hey, I love Disney and, animation and you know all the cool stuff that they do great then find people at disney go figure out there become like a team lead there and then grow there you know okay great but you need to know sort of soon in your career you know try try testing the water it's like testing a hobby you know it's like do i like to paint no it's horrible Mm -hmm. you know oh i love it (laughs) yeah it really reminds me of in machine learning there's the the concept of explore and exploit uh, where, uh, you know, you, you, you can, you know, for any kind of problem, there's certain solutions that might have a particular payoff, but it's not, you don't necessarily want to be so greedy that the very first one that you see starts paying off, just like hammer, you know, hammer on that one. Uh, even though something pays off, you may just want to make a note of it and then move on try something else, make a note of what the payoff is there, compare the two, maybe, you know, do that a couple more times and then realize like, oh, okay, this is where, this is where the money is. This is where the payoff is. This is where the fun is. And, and then, and then exploit, um, you know, doing that too early, uh, is, you know, like, like kind of like you say, like you, it's good to experiment. Um, but you also just don't want to do that forever, right? You, you don't have, you don't have all of the time in the world. Um, there are, yeah, there there are costs to trying to be a jack of all trades, master of none, or you know, mile wide, inch deep. Like you, you probably do want to specialize at least a little bit, and that takes time. So being intentional about that exploration in the beginning, and then making a decision and committing a little bit, uh, really, really works works well. Um, so if someone if someone does decide that they want to um I want to go back to the career ladder thing just cuz I find that so interesting what you know what do the career ladders look like in your opinion for uh, a developer like junior dev like is it junior dev mid level senior or do you have levels or how do you you know how to, how to, Well here here's yeah. what's funny I have now been here for about four and a half months mm-hmm. uh I just got moved in this position like not too long ago so we're we're just putting those things together. So great question. Cool. Um, I so there's a couple of different things. So on the developer side, uh, here's how I sort of view different different arenas. Junior, you can handle small tasks on your own. You know, like oh, 
given a Jira that has to, um, whether I'm just making stuff up here, but yeah, totally. you know, needs to move a button from the top of the panel to the bottom of a panel, I should expect that you'd be able to do that. You may have questions about like, hey, where's this code base or where was this done? Like, okay, great, totally understand that. You're gonna do that. More than likely, somebody senior is gonna have to review your code and like just make sure that did you do what was expected in the most efficient way? Did you miss something? You know, stuff like that. I'm probably going to guess that you're going to forget to put in like how to QA it. I'll probably have to mm-hmm. remind you of that. You know, there's just going to be things where I'm like, you're just not going to be consistent. And this period is for you to try and figure out how to be consistent. Is that more like like the degrees of freedom are in the process, maybe? Like you just, you you know that, that there's kind of one way to move that button really and everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, you know, there, it'd be open to conversation with like, Oh, you could have done this with CSS. You could have done it with, you know, moving these dibs around, you know, I don't know any number of things like that. And that's part of that conversation. Cause I mean, at this level, I assume you haven't really been around for that long. Like you might be in that first two years of coding kind of thing. You're like, uh, I've never put something into production before. All right. Well, trial by fire. Let's watch you do that. You know, <laughs> Um, you know, it's going to be a small thing, but it's like you, it's almost like you've never done a task before and you're probably going to fail a lot. But my job at junior is to get you to that point where you're comfortable with the basics, you know, and, and then, and by the way, once you start, I start to see you getting comfortable with the basics and also we'd have one-on-ones and things like that. Now it's time to like move you to a mid and mid-level I assume you now know the basics. Like if I asked you to move the button from the bottom to the top, you know, kind of thing again, I'm not going to have to check that, you know, like there's that sort of thing. Now I'm going to start to challenge you a little bit. Like now I'm going to be like, I might give you a feature to do and you may not like there's multiple of those move buttons to the top kind of thing. Like you might have five Jira's. Or the buttons didn't exist. What's that? I said, or the buttons didn't exist. Yeah, or the buttons doesn't, you know, doesn't exist. I'm like, I'm, what I'm going to be looking for is like, did you talk to the product owner? You know, did you ask anybody about like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about how to do it. What do you think? Because, you know, coding is not just you doing stuff. Like it is a collaborative environment. The things that you do have an impact on end users. It has an impact on a business. Like something that you do could lose millions of dollars of revenue. You should think about that as you're doing this. And I want to instill the fear now. So <laughs> mid-level, that that's me, is like instilling that fear and making sure you think about the impact that you're having. So when you're piecing all these things together, you know, you do it. And it's going to be, a ha- again, it's habit. It's like by the time that you're at the end of this, you're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're like talking to the product owners. You realize sort of the impact that has on a business. And these are small to medium size, you know, kinds of things. Now, you're at senior level. I'm like, okay, great. Now we're going to do senior level. At this point, I'm thinking you can handle a larger project. It's multiple of those mid-level kinds of things. I should be able to give you a direction and you should be able to go. And I know you're going to ask along the way what you should be doing or if what you're doing is right. Like <laughs> I'm going to assume that you, you, you're, you're 16, you can drive the car on your own. I'm still going to be worried about you. Sure. But I know you know how to drive. I know you know how to get on the highway now. You haven't got all the years of experience yet of doing it, but that's going to start to come. My feedback now is going to be like, hey, you know, you talk to the 
product owner for all these things, but you missed this one. Like, let's let's make sure to have that list. Oh, you just missed on the list. Why? Okay, great. You know, there's those, you know, it's a lot of like little feedback and back and forth as we go through those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Here is probably where I, I seriously start going into one-on-ones on your directions. Like we may have had it at the junior in the middle level so that, you know, we could try doing like little tests as we go through those levels. But at this level, I'm actively trying to put you in positions that cause you to really think about, do you want to become a team lead or do you want to go like an architect type of path? And I'm putting you in those kinds of positions to see what you think and how you act, how you react to people like you in those kinds of positions, things like that. Mm -hmm. If after that, like you still don't know, like if you're like, I still, I'm like, great, we'll keep going. But at some point in time, I'm going to be like, pick a path, either stay where you want to be, grow to team leaders, something like this, or go down the IC path. I've usually found that people at that level who don't really know what they want to do, it could be any number of things, but they're either not liking what they're working on anymore. They're like, oh, I've been doing Java now for five years and Node.js sounds awesome. Like it, they're just ready for a change. And so I talk to them about that. Um, so that's one piece where there's another piece where they, you know, they, they truly are unsure. They're, they're like, I, I just don't know. I sometimes then get them to talk to other people, you know, and say, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not helping enough or whatever. So I, you know, will bring in some of my network, you know, to talk with them and be like, you know, Hey, this is what I did to decide that. Or, you know, here's what I do. Mm -hmm. It may just be that they don't know what else is really possible. And, you know, either I've not asked the right questions or whatever, but like, yeah. So career laddering for me is like defining those different levels. You know, some of it's like, you know, what's your role? Who do you report to? You know, I tend to not do time. I don't like time because you could find somebody. And by the way, this is also why I don't really care about whether or not you have a degree or not when I hire you. A, I think that's horrible for diversity and and inclusion, Mm -hmm. but also B, okay, I went to college and everything I did at college was outside of college. And my, I mean, it was sort of helpful, but it was just there to meet people. So your Mm -hmm. skill level has nothing really to do with your degree. And so when I'm hiring for these kinds of things, I just think about if in a year, you're able to do everything that a junior person's supposed to be doing. Great. We'll have the conversation about moving you up to like the mid-level. Somebody else could be at that same junior level for three years. Doesn't mean that they're, you know, worse or better than somebody else. They just could be contributing something that is just different, you know? Um, So I think about those kinds of things. Yeah. I, um, yeah, the time part, I mean, the phrase that always comes to my mind is just, does this person have 10 years of experience or one year of experience repeated 10 times? And, um, you know what, you know, why I always think about that is hiring on the interviews and my brother, who is also an engineer, um, he hates whenever he's had to work at some place where they do the coding exercise. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I've been doing this work for like 15 plus years. Like you should just know that I know how to do this. And I was like, yeah, but I have met those people (laughs) that they've got 15 years of experience you give them something basic like fizz buzz. Like, yeah, and they can't do it. And I'm like, I don't know what's happened, but you, I, I, yeah, you know, it's somebody just passed you through the grades and there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think certain big companies too, like at a period of time, you can kind of just survive by hiding in meetings and not really doing anything anymore. Like you can just wind up talking about projects and working on you know, specs or designs or whatever 
kind of forever. Like you, you, you never wind up building anything. You just talk about the thing that you're going to build. You're still working on it. You're finishing, you know, the plans and then it doesn't get approved or people decide, oh, it's too late to build that. Like things have changed. And then they start designing something else. And then all of a sudden five years go by and they haven't actually worked on anything anymore. And yeah, I could totally see those skills atrophying. Um, so if you're listening to this, don't do that. <laughs> Is it easy to go to like Stack Overflow and do a copy and paste of some solved answer for the problem that you're facing? It is. And you'll probably know enough to be like, oh, I probably need to fix this and this method name just to have it fit whatever I'm doing. You could do that kind of stuff for years. And at many places, you'll get along fine. You'll probably get your, you know, oh, you move from a mid to a senior now. And they, for many places like that, that's enough. But for other places, like if you would interview with me, I will find out pretty quickly whether or not you're that kind of person. And that's not what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking right. for that person who's going to solve the problems and achieve things and stuff. And by the way, when I'm done, I want you to accomplish great things. Like I want, I want to think bigger for you so that you try and achieve those kinds of big things too. So, yeah. Yeah. When I'm, you know, when I work with people, I think, and I definitely heard this and and what you were saying, but it's, it's always, you know, challenging. Like you, you, I never really want people to just stagnate. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think it's ever, there isn't really a done. Um, there's always new things to learn and, and, um, you know, it's like, okay, like what you're doing, you're not making mistakes anymore. Then, then that's, that's actually kind of not a good, good sign. You know, like keep making little mistakes. Right. Or even if it's a big mistake, <laughs> Nuance, know how Nuance, it though. happened and talk right. about how it's not going to happen again. Stuff like that. Oh, that's such an important one. Yeah. Cause I'll be like, listen, we just spent a lot of money on a big mistake. You better be coming back to me and tell me how it's not going to happen again, what you learned. Because like if you don't, that I, I'm probably going to let you go. But if you're coming back oh. to me like, hey, I learned, blah, 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 great. That, that's what we just spent money on. Yeah, right. Yeah, education, you know, education's an investment. Uh, usually you don't, you don't think of it that way of, you know, we just spent money on this mistake. And that's an investment. But, you know, it, it, you, you can think of it that way, that, that we tried this thing. It didn't work for various reasons. We didn't plan well enough or we just approached in the wrong way or something distracted us and, and you know, we just, you know, it slipped and caused a problem. But uh, you can you can definitely learn from that. And then oftentimes you can recognize, oh, here's what's went what here's what went wrong. We're going to change our process. So this just can't happen again. Um, and, and that's valuable. That is, it's very valuable to, to eliminate an entire class of, of potential problems in a more permanent way that even if, you know, all the people in the department leave and are replaced with new people, that that problem still can't happen in the future. Um, that, that is valuable. And so kind of where I'm going with this is, is as a leader, if an engineer, you know, pushes something to production and maybe there's some issues that didn't didn't get caught in code review or maybe there wasn't even a test for it or whatever and they didn't QA it themselves and all of a sudden it's causing huge problems with the users user are unhappy or maybe it's blocking sales and revenues lost and you know everyone can be really really unhappy um 
as a leader, what you really want to hear that can make so much of dealing with this better is if the engineer can come to you and say, this is exactly what happened. This is why it caused the problem. And here's a plan of how we can change our process. So this can't happen again. Um, that winds up being a really good thing. You you generally don't have any ill feelings towards the engineer if that's how the mistake is is handled in the end. Um, and because it's one of those things where you you wind up paying you might you wind up paying for the you pay, paying the price for for the problem, but you wind up almost making it depending on what it is making it back over the long haul by just knowing like oh our, we're that much stronger now and know that this can't can't cause problems in the in the future and what's what's interesting is also sometimes when it doesn't happen um i'll just share a little bit of a story recently um one of one of my clients has a has a has a team working on a um education platform and uh, lots of students and the grades have to get calculated so so a grade you can think of as the as a formula applied to lots of little actions that a student performs uh how did how did they answer this question how did they answer that question okay the first question was part of a practice set the second one was part of a quiz the third one was part of a, a midterm uh, how do those all get rolled up into higher level grades. So all those questions get summed up into a practice set. Those get summed up into a quiz. Those get summed up into a midterm. And then the grades for those things, how do those get rolled up into a final grade for the semester? So this much times the participation grade, this much times the quiz grades, this much times the the midterm grade. And then there's also uh, special rules like for any particular chapter, only the highest grade of the quizzes is the one that counts. Um, and so there's all this low level data that needs to get rolled up into the top level. And an engineer had um, built something to optimize uh, the speed. So he he implemented uh, caching to um, to basically speed this all up for reporting and, and a bunch of other other uh, um goals for this and um you know there's there's that joke that there's only uh two hard things in computer science uh cache and validation naming things and uh, off by one errors and um you know this this kind of wasn't quite cache and validation um but there was there was a big problem so every time that this this caching would run this computation would run it it one, it would run a lot, probably too much. And then two, while it was running, it would really interfere with other things that were going on. It would make the the, the API slow and other people would complain. And so it had to be rolled back. So it, it actually wound up going into production. And it's and it's one of those situations that, that you never want to happen, which is that it's like, oh, no, this was a mistake. We need to revert everything. All of this work needs to be pulled out of production. and like we're not doing it. We're going back to the the old old way that was supposedly worse is actually better than the solution that you put in. We we kind of wish that you hadn't done this, which is which is a huge sting. I think if you're the developer who who worked on that, um, I don't know how much of it is the fault of the the developer. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of eyes uh, that that could have helped out in between, right? It's not necessarily the goalie's fault that the that they were scored on. There was a whole team of players in between. Um, but even still, the 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 part that's that's more. But by the yeah. way, in that story, it does matter if the goalie is in front of the goal versus like on the side, like <laughs> looking at the spectators. That fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and uh, but where I'm going with this is is when it comes time to do that project again. So so maybe the same engineer or another engineer, or a group of engineers are like, okay, but we got it this time. Uh, and this happened recently. Uh, I got involved to just make sure that we weren't going to have a repeat. And so there was a little bit of a of a process where where before I was going to allow this version two of this feature or this optimization to go back in um, because of its history, I wanted to get very clear on, okay, before we move forward, I need I need in very very clear explain like I'm five uh, terminology um, what was the problem last time like and 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 what's interesting is the answers that I were I was getting was more of like a diagnosis. It wasn't it wasn't really and and maybe I wasn't clear, but the the point was, okay, what was the problem? And I was like, oh, well, the problem was that it used, you know, async dot map limit. And, you know, it's like actually talking about some like API or function that was called. I was like, no, 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 no. I promise you the product team did not open up a, a, a ticket or an issue with the title, you know, engineers used async dot map limit. Um, like, just like, what was, what was the actual problem? Like what, you know, and then it was like, oh, uh, the site was slow. And it's like, mm, you're going to have to be a little bit more uh, clear about that because I am 99.99% sure that our HTML and CSS getting served from our CDN did not slow down uh, a millisecond from from this. And then, of course, they, you know, they, they got more concrete about, okay, this was the problem that was experienced. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Step one. Now moving on, what caused that because a lot of what they were jumping into is they were trying to come up with the, the causes without being very clear about what the what the symptom was. And so now that they were talking about the causes, the next error uh, that I saw in the thinking is they were they were coming up with causes that didn't cause the problems that they had just said in step one. So it was very easy to say, like, OK, you just said that, you know, this is what's going on. But how can that cause the the api slowdown that you just mentioned and they were like oh well i guess it, it couldn't and it's like okay good now what what could have caused that and then you get through that and then now to step three is okay now you've got your v2 how does that how does that work differently like what was how was this built differently than the v1 and then uh going into that and then the final one is okay well and it was interesting because it wasn't actually built that differently. It was, uh, it 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 definitely removed some things that were problematic, but the overall design was the same. And so in step three, it became clear that yes, you're going to have fewer of that that symptom. It's not going to happen as often, and when it does happen, it's going to happen uh, for shorter durations. But you're still going to have them. Like you didn't. You didn't design this, and 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 then of course the fourth step is okay. Knowing how different it is, like what 
what like are you going to have the same problems and of course the answer was well no you built it in the same way so yes you are going to have the same problems and then and then the the other alternatively if hat if they did design it a different way it was like okay well what what problems could you possibly have with this approach like there aren't any free lunches if you do this trade-off what what do you what other things are we going to be susceptible to if we're not going to be susceptible to the original error? And it was a really good, it was a really good exercise for the team. But the reason why I bring this up is there's no magic here. If you are ever in a situation like this, you can run through those steps yourself. You don't need a manager or CTO asking you to do that. You can think, okay, what really was the problem before? How did our users experience this problem? How did our product team, how did our you know, customer success team experience this problem? How would they describe it? Like, what was the, the actual symptom? And then you can try and come up with a cause that makes sense logically for causing that symptom. And then you can think, did I do something, you know, did I build this differently that's gonna, gonna avoid it? And so these, the, the you know, uh, I'm on a little bit of a soapbox here, but I'll just wrap up. <laughs> no, no. I so far everything you've said, I'm like problem solving 101. Um these these frameworks are going through this list. It's not it's not complicated. Like you don't need 10 years of experience to be able to do this. And if you do this, you are really going to stand out. You are going to appear very senior. Uh, to your manager, to your peers, to your CTO. And it's actually something very quick to do. You just have to remember to do it. You're going to wind up catching a lot of problems and you're going to show that even though you either you are a part of or you are carrying the torch from to, to try and do something better from an issue, you're going to look really good in the sense that that you have learned from it and you have turned that that cost, that damage into an investment that's gonna that's gonna pay that's gonna pay off i I agree with all that 100 percent. yeah here's a couple things i would add is like you know when you go through those things like let's say it's a massive production sort of issue sometimes it's good to say you know to speak up and just like brainstorm of like hey we could at least do x and that gives us two more days to think about it you know like things Mm, like that are also helpful um and, you know, B, you know, well, this is what the manager should be doing, but awesome when the developers think about it. It's like, how much is this worth? Because we could just do Y. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not a great solution, but it gets you everything you want. But it's like a hack and it gets you going. And it's like not ideal, but, you know, the, you know, you just save the day. You save millions of dollars. Great. You know, there you go. Yeah. So Definitely. I would say in those kinds of moments, if it's like an on fire kind of thing, like those are good. And the only other thing I would say in, on your discussion, because this is something that I, I have gotten feedback in one-on-ones that, you know, people have always, they always fear this, is that mm. if a problem happens, they're going to lose their job. So when oh. I when I have to come in to start asking questions about like what's going on and stuff like that, they're a little afraid to speak up because it's like, well, isn't this something you lose your job over? And I say, I'm like, no, you're like, we're in free <laughs> free zone right now. We're we're talking about like what happened and stuff like that. You're not, if you're working hard and I can see that and you're trying to solve problems and you're trying to be here to like help the company grow and stuff like that, why why am I thinking about trying to fire you? No, I'm like trying to figure out you're in this bunker with me trying to solve this problem. If right. you're in the bunker with same me, side. awesome. 
yeah, you're on the same side as me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so true. I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I've kind of told the story before, but, um, you know, I, I, I forget exactly who it's attributed to, but, you know, it was on Wall Street, um, you know, really famous investment banking firm or whatever it was uh, that, you know, some some associate forgot to to um, close out a trade. And so the, the money, you know, huge position stayed open. And then over the weekend, it like tanked. And then, you know, even though that wasn't the plan. And then so, you know, by the time Monday rolled around, millions of dollars had been lost, um, felt horrible about it. Uh, they put in their resignation and their boss was like, what? No, we just spent millions of dollars of training you. You're not going anywhere. Um, I think, you know, I think that's I know that to same story and that's actually yeah. what it uses a basis for that same. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just important to remember that um, it's repeated mistakes. Like you just can't you can't do the same one over and over. That's going to get you into trouble. But if you if you make one and you recognize what was wrong, um, then that's that's totally OK. Hey, Scott, this has been uh, a lot of fun. This has been great. I feel um, like we can just keep on chatting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so where can people find out more about you online? Uh, you know, you, you asked that question before. I don't really have an I mean, LinkedIn, you know, feel free to connect yep. with me on LinkedIn. Okay, um, we'll NoHoMonsterBash.com is like the Halloween party up here in the Valley. Um, we will be trying to do it this year. Um, post Nice. Stuff, so hopefully, hopefully the Delta doesn't ruin us. Um, so mm, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also say, you know, listen, my email, sdecker at nextstardigital.com. If anybody at like junior dev, senior dev, you know, if you have questions or you want to talk to somebody, feel free. Uh, I love chatting with people just like this. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, love it. Love it, David. And I love that you're doing this too, by the way. Oh, thanks. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior. Remote work is here to stay. I can show you how to find and hire a full team of remote senior engineers for a quarter of what you'd pay at local rates. To learn more, check out superstruct.tech slash four phase. That's F-O-U-R dash P-H-A-S-E.